just to say thank you to the worship team. I thought they led us in a very beautiful way uh, this morning. So big thanks uh, to you. I'm always grateful when I get an opportunity to be with you. So thanks to the leadership here, Northfield, that I'm able to share God's word with you today. Some readings are going to come up on the screen. Um, you can see the theme there. And uh, I've brought together uh, three passages that link this theme. And the first comes from uh, the Gospel of Luke, uh, from the Christmas drama itself. And this is that moment after the birth of Jesus when the angels come to the shepherds say, but the angel said to them, uh, do, do, not, do not be afraid. Don't, don't be afraid. That statement appears again and again and again in Scripture. It's almost as if the, the biblical writers knew that fear is something very big for us. Don't be afraid. For see, I am bringing you good news, bringing you good news of great joy, of great joy for all the people, for every one of us, every one of us. And to you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is the Messiah, the Lord. And there is the reason for the joy. And then we go to a moment just before the end of Jesus' earthly life. Um, this comes from John chapter 15. So one reading from the beginning of his life, now a reading just before he's executed. I have said these things to you, uh, all these things, all the teachings of Jesus, I've said all these things to you so that my joy, Jesus is speaking of his joy, may be in you and your joy may be complete. And then we take a step into one of the letters, uh, Paul writing to uh, the Thessalonians, that's the, one of the earliest documents we have in the New Testament. Uh, 1 Thessalonians uh, chapter 5. <clears throat> Always be joyful. Never stop praying. Be thankful in all circumstances, for this is God's will. If you're struggling to know what God's will is, there is God's will. <laughs> Always be joyful, never stop praying, be thankful in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you who belong to Christ Jesus. So we thank God so much uh, for those three powerful readings uh, today. I'm wondering that as we uh, approach Christmas, 
I'm wondering today uh, how the year's been for you. I'm wondering how you are right now. Christmas is coming, the holiday season. And I'm deeply, deeply aware, deeply aware that for many of us it's been a very difficult and challenging year. I'm very aware of that. Some of us have struggled with our own mental health, our anxiety, our depression, our fear. For some of us, uh, our family life has been maybe very challenging. Some of us have maybe just made it financially or not made it. Maybe trying to keep a business afloat, keeping our jobs going. I think some of us have lived in chronic pain this year in our bodies. And most deeply of all, some of us have suffered terrible, terrible losses and griefs. And I don't know if you would agree with me, but when we come to Christmas, all these feelings get amplified. They get amplified. They get uh, accentuated. That if you are in a place of loneliness, it's almost like you feel more lonely at Christmas. If you've struggled with depression through, you, through the year, it's almost like you feel more depressed at Christmas. If you struggle with grief and loss, it's almost as if Christmas makes it deeper and harder. So I wonder how you are. <laughs> I wonder how you are. And I begin like this because it's against this backdrop of reality that I want to extend to you an Advent invitation. And it's an invitation to enter into the joy of Christ. That's the Advent invitation, Advent the season before Christmas. It is to enter into, it's to embrace, it is to participate in the joy of Christ. And it's an important invitation. You know, I know, there are these four fundamental emotions Fear, sadness, fear, sadness, guilt, anger, and joy, joy, and joy. And it's often those three others that get us. And joy is the fundamental one. 
You know, joy is our first line of defense against fatigue and weariness and burnout and cynicism. It's our first line of defense. (laughs) First line of defense. Joy, joy strengthens us. It energizes us. It gets us up in the morning. Nehemiah, the joy of the Lord is my strength. It energizes us. In the most desperate of moments, it's joy that energizes us. And someone has written, I don't know who it was, that joy is the infallible sign of God's presence in a human being's life. That joy is the infallible sign of God's presence in a human being's life. And I want to invite you to enter that joy. Within the realities of what we're going through, I don't want to duck the realities. So what I want to do very simply, before darkness descends and load shedding comes, (laughs) what I want to do is I just want you to notice a few things. Just want you to notice a few things from those readings. And I'm praying that as you notice them, it's going to do something within us. And it's going to help us to enter into this joy. I want you to notice firstly, that with the first Christmas, when Christ came into this world, his coming is associated with the good news of joy. I want you to notice that. Can I take you right back to that reading from Luke? Just look at it with me again. You know, sometimes these readings become so familiar, we, we don't see what's there. <clears throat> the angel said to them, don't be afraid. I'm bringing you good news of great joy, of great joy to all people. I find that significant that the coming of Christ is associated with a great joy. I think sometimes we forget how joyful Jesus was in his earthly life. You know, we get all these pictures and they're very somber, very often. They're very few pictures. They're one or two. They're very few pictures of a joyful Jesus. Very few. We've got this picture that he's the man of sorrows, the man of suffering, and he is, but he's also the man of joy. His first miracle, where did it happen? Where did it happen? This is the question of the morning. Where did it happen? His first miracle in a, at a wedding. Water into wine. What do Methodists do with that miracle? Hey, order into why? His first miracle. A miracle of joy. Festivity. Children love being with him. Children don't like being around serious adults. They like being around joy. (laughs) 
He loved hanging out at mealtimes with his friends and people no one else wanted to be with. They just loved being with him. He delighted in creation. He, he, he embodied joy. And I want you just to notice one quick thing about his joy, because this is a game changer. His joy was not dependent on circumstance. It wasn't dependent on everything going well. Jesus lost his earthly dad when he was a youngster. Joseph died when he was young. He knew a child's grief. His cousin, John the Baptist, his closest friend, executed, beheaded. Can you imagine the trauma of that? His best friends betray him. When he needs them the most, they let him down. He hangs on a cross alone, and there are very few women just hanging around him. That's all, and maybe John. So the circumstances of his life are terrible. And yet it's within this that he knows this joy. Where does it come from? Can I suggest that his joy came from his relationship with Abba Father? That his joy came from the one who said to him at his baptism, you are my beloved son and I delight in you. He knew that he was the father's beloved. Can I suggest to you that his joy came because he knew that he was never alone as a human being. He knew the father was with him and he knew that nothing, no circumstance could ever separate him from the Father's loving presence in his life. I, I, that was the source of his joy. He knew a joy in the midst of unbearable circumstances. His joy wrapped its arms around the pain of his life. It was fundamental to his life. And I want you to notice, secondly, let's just go quickly on. I want you to notice, secondly, that he wants to share it with us. <laughs> he wants to share it with us. I take you, let me take you, may I take you to John chapter 15, verse 12. Here's your memory verse for the week. No one ever takes me seriously. But I'll try again. Been trying for 30 years to get you to memorize scripture. Not one of you do. Maybe one of you do. I've said all these things to you so that my joy may be in you and your joy complete. So Jesus, the joyful one, wants, wants to share his joy that he knows with us. He wants to share it with us. He wants us to enter into the joy that he had that came from his relationship with the Father. He wants us to know it as well. 
But for that to happen, Christmas has got to happen again for you and for me. Christmas has got to happen again. It's no good us looking back 2,000 years ago. It's got to happen again. Christ has to be born within us so that we can share his life and he can share his life with us. There has to be a birth of Christ within us. Within us. Will you let Christmas happen in your life again? We don't only look back. Christ has come. Christ will come in the future. And Christ comes in the present to be born within our lives as we open our lives in all their mess to him. Let me tell you that as a pastor, I have knocked on lots of doors, lots of doors. I could do my PhD on the knocking on doors. I've knocked on all kinds of doors, all kinds of doors. I've knocked on them. And I've learned a lot about how people open doors. I've learned a lot. I've also learned to look at the curtains when I'm knocking. Because usually the curtain, someone, someone is just watching and no, and no one comes to the door. I know they're there. I know they're there. I know they're there. But they won't let me in. Some people, it's like... They open the door just a little bit. We have a polite conversation through the cracks. <laughs> but it stays like that. It stays like that. Then there are those beautiful moments where someone says, you know, Trevor, the house is really a mess. But, but come in. Come in. Come in. And I think that's what needs to happen. Christ is coming to you today, to me. Our house is full of stuff. It's a mess. A mess of, of struggle with depression, anxiety, marriage pain, financial debt, chronic pain. Deep grief. Christ, I want you to come in. I want you to come in to my, into the realities of my life. Into the realities of my life. And he comes. He comes. And he comes with his joy in the midst of our heartache and heartbreak. He comes. He comes. Won't gate crash. Won't push down. Won't force. Won't coerce. Waits for the door 
to be opened. Can I say one more thing? As we do that, notice this. We also have to choose joy. <laughs> it goes both ways. It's not as if Christ enters and, and joy kind of just drops on my head. <laughs> he enters and then he helps me and empowers me to choose joy. That is why Paul, he writes to the Thessalonians, notice this. He is addressing our will, our capacity for choice. He says to us, and we go to 1 Thessalonians uh, chapter 5, always be joyful. That's a choice. I was looking this, this week at a, a book by Kay Warren. Does that name ring a bell? She, was, she is married to Rick Warren. And you might know Rick Warren, he wrote that book that sold 20 million copies. What is it called? The Purpose Driven Life. And I read again about Kay's life, about her struggle with depression and anxiety, how she couldn't get onto a plane because of a fear, chronic fear, how she battled with breast cancer melanoma, how her son took his life at the age of 28 after struggling with mental illness for 20 years. And she writes a book, Choose Joy. <laughs> Choose Joy. In the realities of heartache and heartbreak, choose joy. How do we do that? Well, we, how do we do that? How do we choose joy? Well, we, we take each moment that we've got and we live it. I remember in my first few years here, I buried a beautiful young woman. I'll never forget Joel. Air hostess, early 20s, leukemia, and I would go visit her once a week, watching the deterioration, and I will never, ever forget one winter's morning when she came to the door, wrapped in her gown around her frail figure, inviting me into the kitchen, making hot cross buns for me, and saying to me, Trevor, when you're facing death like I am, this is a moment to love and to enjoy. Hot cross buns. You choose joy. You choose joy when you see goodness and beauty where there's only ugliness and con. But you see where the beauty is and where the goodness is. You see it and you choose joy. You choose joy as you keep God central in your own life, keep Christ central. Just keep choosing joy. It's not, we're not pretending. Please, this is not, you know, I'm going to be happy even if it kills me. 
It's not that. It's not through gritted teeth. It's not putting a smile on your face when you are weeping inside. Sometimes it's even through our tears that we choose joy. Take hold of this moment. See beauty, see goodness. Know the Father's presence. I don't know if this has been helpful. Advent joy, an invitation, just an invitation to open ourselves up again to joy. It's what Christmas is about, really. Christ brings into this world a joy that this world has never known. We need to let him in, open the house doors. <laughs> And then as he comes in, he helps us, he empowers us by the power of his spirit to choose joy. I hope, let me end on this note. <laughs> I hope, um, I think I've said this to you before, but you know when you're kind of this age, <laughs> it's kind of, the last lap. <laughs> so I put together my resurrection folder. Some people call it their death file. That's a bit, that's a bit, that's not joyful. <laughs> I've called it my resurrection folder. Got my special songs there, my reading that I would like. where the password is for my bank account. <laughs> but I really hope you know that when my daughter or my son stand up to speak, I hope they'll say something like this. My dad knew a lot of sadness and his heart was often broken. And he cried a lot of tears in his life. But as he got older, he got more and more joyful. He got more and more joyful. I'm hoping and praying they'll say something like that. God bless you, friends. Let's pray. Dear God, we talk about very deep things uh, here on a Sunday, things that we don't maybe talk about through the week. But you... Christ have come and you come with great news of a great joy and as we bring the pain of our life the struggle of our life the heartache of our life as we just open it up to you and to your living presence we ask that you will come
shed light. Help us to choose joy. So will you come to us, Lord, and will you come especially to those of us today who are in a particularly uh, difficult space? Please, will you come? And will you give us just a little taste of your joy? Amen.